Welcome to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast, where we support your quest for a happier, healthier, planet-friendly life that supports you, your family, and community. This podcast is brought to you by Go Green Locally Org, a 501c3 Nevada nonprofit. In our times of uncertainty, more so than ever, it's great to come together as a community and help each other out. If you have a place where you're growing a garden, it is one of the best ways that you can live green because it lightens the load on the planet with less foods having to be shipped from far off places and all the fuels and resources used to do so. Your own foods can be grown naturally without chemicals that help support the local ecosystem and plants help clean the air and absorb carbon. In addition, by eating more locally grown nutrient-dense foods, we can improve our health and feel better. If you have extra foods from your garden that you can't eat or harvest, then please reach out to Reno Gleaning or Harvest NV, where volunteers can harvest the produce for you and offer them to local food pantries. By working together with our community, we can help everyone to be more food secure, healthier, and happier. Today we have a great lineup of people that are sharing ways that we can all get involved in green living opportunities, from growing our own food, supporting our local farms, cooking and eating local foods, and learning how we can landscape our yards with plants that are helpful and friendly for our local ecosystems, our own health, and for wildlife. We'll start with a quick rundown of today's show. First, we're going to be hearing from Carrie Jensen, a local environmental educator, who's going to be sharing with us about her upcoming virtual talk on river-friendly landscaping. Next, we'll be hearing from Earson Witten with Soulful Seeds, who is the guru of garlic, with some helpful information on how to grow one of Northern Nevada's most successful crops. On that note, Jolene Cook and Rochelle LaRude will be sharing a Reno Garlic Festival online event. And at the end of the show, we'll be sharing some local, in-person, and online events. One I'm very excited to hear about is a large native planting event being hosted by Truckee Meadows Park Foundation. Stay tuned to hear more at the end of the show. Links for anything you'd like to follow up on from this episode will be available in our show notes. So let's dive in. Okay, so I'm pleased to be speaking with Carrie Jensen, a native Nevadan who is a landscape architect, an environmental educator, and native plant enthusiast. She has extensive experience teaching general water science and watershed pollution awareness. She's hosting a talk on river-friendly landscape. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks, Jenny. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, so let's just start off with maybe kind of defining the word watershed because sometimes we hear it and um, I think it'd be helpful for to kind of understand a little bit more about what that means. Yeah, I can explain that. Um, a watershed is, in very simple terms, an area of land that all drains to the same place. And a very simple way to think of that is kind of like a natural bathtub. So if the edge of the bathtub or the rim of the bathtub is all of the mountains around, and then everything from those ridge lines drains down and goes into one drain. So in the real world, that bathtub in our area is basically the Sierra Nevada mountains and all of the water that collects in Lake Tahoe. It starts up there and then it drains down the Truckee River and it ends up in the drain, which is Pyramid Lake. So tell us a little bit more about the class itself. So I'm guessing that water isn't just entering the river from the mountain streams, but from all of the hard surfaces throughout the city? Yeah, you'd be exactly right. So when you live within that total watershed area, whatever people do within that area can have an effect on the waterways, if they realize it or not. So class about river-friendly landscaping is really going to teach you how the practices and things that you do in your yard can affect the overall watershed. For example, like maybe 
maybe you use fertilizer on your lawn and then you turn on your sprinklers and some of that excess fertilizer washes off. It goes down the storm drains and those drains go out into the river. So the things that you do on your land can affect far away from your house and can have impacts on the environment. So we're going to talk about what those are and how you can change things in your landscape so that you don't create those negative impacts. Okay. And could you give us like just maybe a couple little reasons why we should care about what happens with those fertilizers? Like what are some of the problems that are introduced when those things happen? Uh, Yeah. So fertilizers in particular are kind of the non-point source pollutant, which we'll talk about of concern, Um, basically a pollutant that we're concerned about in the river because it is fertilizer that food that feeds algae. Once it hits rivers, algae can grow really quickly and create an algae bloom. And that... I won't go into all the process, but it basically depletes the oxygen in the water, which can cause fish and other aquatic life to die off because they don't have enough oxygen in the water to breathe. So if you're a fisherman in particular, you should care about (laughs) fertilizers that flow into the river because it negatively can negatively impact fish and other aquatic populations. And are we, is this our drinking water to some extent? Yes, that's a very good point. That's why we should really care about the rivers because it's where we get our drinking water. So not only the animals that use that water are important, but for our own self-interest, we want to keep that water clean so that we have clean water to drink as well. Great. Can you tell us maybe just a little bit of like some of your own experience since you've been gardening here in the area? Yeah, I grew up in the Reno area, actually out in Verdi. And for me, the Truckee River is a place that's near and dear to my heart because I grew up um, going fishing with my dad. So I have really fond memories and experiences at the river itself. And as a professional, I'm a landscape architect. And my background has basically been concentrated on either native landscapes, trying to do like more sustainable landscaping practices in residential settings and also habitat restoration projects where we try to repair damage that's been done to um, riparian or river areas. So um, great. So we can get some good ideas and find ways that we can better protect our natural water resources here than it sounds like. That's the idea. I'm really looking forward to the talk. Okay. And give us some the uh, date and the time. Yeah. The talk is going to be on October 14th at 6 p.m. Do I understand correctly that you might be able to answer some questions if we have some specific questions about what we're doing in our garden, what might be working and what might not be working? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'd love to answer questions. And I'll also provide my contact information at the end of the talk. So in case somebody comes up with questions later or if they watch the talk after the fact and they think it's something they want to ask, I'm totally open to try and answer questions. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with us, Carrie. I'm looking forward to the uh, to the event. I'm looking forward to it as well. Before we move on, I want to mention that Carrie just recently launched her own consulting business called Urban Ecology Solutions. She offers environmental education and landscape architecture services with a specialization in sustainable design with an emphasis in river-friendly landscaping that incorporates native plants and wildlife habitat. If you'd like to get a hold of her, I'll leave more information in the show notes. And now we'll shift to my interview with Irsten Witten. Welcome, Irsten. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Have you been gardening or farming garlic for very long? I've been growing garlic for about 25 years. I retired from Allstate. I moved out here about 15 years ago from Chicago. And uh, I'm a local master gardener, and I give a lot of presentations on how to grow garlic and actually coaching sessions for people on how to physically do it rather than talk about it. 
Excellent. Excellent. So do you recommend a certain type of garlic? I know Julian got into it a little bit about if we're going to have to purchase seed garlic to look for organic and maybe something that has roots on it. Did you want to elaborate a little bit on that? I don't particularly have a preference. It fluctuates. For example, there are two basic kinds, hard neck and soft neck. I have done both extensively. Most recently, I've done soft neck garlic because it stores better. And specifically, I'm using uh, Transylvanian, an organic variety that I got from uh, Glorious Garlic Farm in Washoe Valley about three years ago. And it produces very well. It's a large bulb that's great for baking, etc., as well as anything else you would do with garlic. So I don't have a particular one that I like the most. I'm an experimental garlic grower. This year, for example, I am doing Creole. These are very small bulbs. And of course, I'm doing Transylvanian and chestnut red. The Transylvanian, after it's harvested, can weigh almost one pound by itself. Wow, that's amazing. So what should we be thinking about when we're getting ready to plant garlic? It'll grow anywhere around the world. Like there are over 600 varieties in every corner of the earth. You need a highly nutritious soil, soil that has organic matter in it and uh, high in nitrogen content. It is something that, uh, I mean, that type of soil needs to allow the bulb to grow physically and allow the roots to get established in, you know, in, in the soil. So you can't grow garlic effectively in the same area year after year without amending the soil. For example, at our community garden down by St. Mary's, we have four yards of uh, soil from full circle compost delivered. And I will integrate that into a bed that I raise peas, uh, tomatoes and kale in this summer. And so when I do that, as I did last year in a different bed, the garlic was very, very healthy. So that's the story. Let just make sure that I understand what you said. So you had something else growing in the bed and then after those things had finished, then you planted garlic after that. Right. You basically need to rotate crops because garlic is a high nutrient consumer from the soil and it can only produce healthy, appealing bulbs so many times. So from this year's harvest, uh, I am planting something different next year in that bed, and I'm using garlic in a bed that I have not grown it before. But I'm amending the soil significantly with high nutritional soil from a local provider to make sure that it's going to produce what I'm okay with. Got it. So you're using some good uh, local compost and you like to like use like worm castings or like... Well, I use, uh, I, I have my own compost pile, but I also, from someone who has done it professionally on a large scale, full circle compost is all over the place. They're out of Dayton. So to, to, to guarantee that I have nutrients that I need, I will get soil from them. Then I will complement it with compost that I have uh, developed myself. The key is to have soil that is loose, again, so the bulb will grow and the roots will get established. How close do you usually plant those cloves? Totally depends on the size of the ultimate bulb. My Transylvanian gets about three to three and a half inches wide, as an example. And so I will plant those four to six inches apart. The Creole and the Asian pink is probably three quarters to one inch wide. I will plant those two to three inches apart. Okay. And so you have, let's say you go to the store, you buy the, this garlic bunch, you're going to break it apart into the little cloves, and then you're going to take the the husk off like the... Well, I, first of all, I don't buy it from the store. I buy it from either suppliers who I know have grown good 
quality stock, or I will order it from a garlic supplier uh, who sells organic garlic. But basically, you need to open the bulb up, and you don't take the, the uh, it's called paper. You don't take the paper off the cloves. You put it in the ground, point it side up, two to three inches in the ground. And after you cover it, you water it in nicely and then add mulch on top. I use straw to do that. And uh, then I'll water it again to make sure it's nice and moist, after which I will put chicken wire over the top solely so that the straw will not blow away. And I will... You know, and I, I plant, I start planting mid-September, try to get finished by the beginning of November. I do like a thousand plants per year. Wow. Yeah. So once it's planted and we're moving on into the colder season, how often are you watering? I know we've had some dry winters. That is absolutely why you need to make sure it's completely watered before you do this. And so when you add the water after planting, add the water after the mulch, it's going to maintain moisture for most of the winter. To test it, I will go out and pull the mulch back, say like in December, and stick my finger in the soil. If there is moisture, that is the sufficient moisture for the for the garlic to grow. The key is to do it right the first time with the soil that will retain moisture and with the mulch that will retain moisture as well. And I'm sorry, how thick did you say that um, straw should be? The, the mulch is usually four to six inches. I'll just take loose uh, straw, put it on top, and it's going to begin to disintegrate and really shelter like a blanket the garlic that's in the ground. It's also going to protect it from evaporation from the wind and from the sun. So if you do that properly, you should only have to water maybe once or twice in the winter months because you're expecting the moisture from snow and or rain that we might get to compensate for what you don't have to do. And uh, when would we expect to see maybe a little shoot poking up in the spring? In the spring, yes. It's the first thing out of the ground. It will come up, if you imagine, if you can imagine when tulips come up, garlic is up at about that time. It is generally the first thing out of the ground. However, you will see garlic sprout. If I plant now as an example, you will see it sprout before winter. And that greenery may or may not die off, but the plant will go dormant and it will come back in the spring. Okay, so no worries. It'll be fine. Okay. The challenge is don't mess with it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share some of your extensive knowledge on growing garlic. We appreciate it. And before you sign off, can you give us just a little bit more information about your nonprofit, Soulful Seed? All right. So go to Facebook and look at Soulful Seeds and like it, and you'll see a lot of pictures of things that we have done. We have a website that is not currently updated because I'm doing all this myself. And so it'll give you some basic information about who we are, why we're here, and what our main pillars and focuses are. Thank you, Irsten. I just want to acknowledge Soulful Seeds for being a nonprofit that's working to help provide food for communities in need and opportunities for people to learn more about growing food. They have a community garden at St. Mary's Hospital in Reno, and they appreciate donations and volunteers. So I'm speaking with Jolene Cook and Rochelle LaRude, who are sharing with us the Reno Garlic Festival online event. Jolene is with Reno Food Systems and has been an organizer of the Garlic Festival, and Rochelle is a photographer working as a local food advocate. So welcome Jolene and Rochelle. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having us. 
So first, for those who have never been, tell us a little bit about the Reno Garlic Fest and what have been some of your favorite things about some of the past events? Yeah, so it's been going um, three years prior than this year and Be The Change Project started it in their neighborhood park, Pat Baker. And I attended as a representative, as a booth person <laughs> uh, for Reno Food Systems. And we were, uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful event. It poured down rain the first year, like an amazing, the skies kind of opened um, and it hadn't rained for like 90 days. So to be honest, that was my most of the thing I remember the most for that year. But yeah, it's been a really beautiful uh, neighborhood community building celebration. And over the past few years, I'd also say it's been really helpful for farmers because they can plan ahead accordingly and know that they can probably make about a thousand dollars in a few hours just by selling their garlic to the thousands of people that um, end up coming. Nice. So what are some of the things when you get to the event? Yeah. So this year, actually, last well, it's kind of confusing because of COVID. We we did have to cancel it for 2020. But in 2019, we were kind of busting at the seams. We ended up working with the county to be able to get a shuttle <laughs> and get people in because the parking was so strained the year prior. And so uh, the point is, is um, there were so many people that like the first two hours was literally like elbow to elbow of people at all the different booths. We had about 10 different local farmers. We had about five to six nonprofits, five to six local businesses. Uh, yeah, so I think there was about 30 vendors all in all. Um, some of the fun highlights are like the Bebo does a garlic ice cream as well as Icicly Creamery. They do a like a black, they did a black roasted garlic ice cream, which was delicious. There was garlic fries. We had a bunch of food trucks. Um, we have a bunch of local farmers who have honey and who have um, products like that, as well as we had a, a local um, herbalist and she had some fire ciders and some other things that are healing uh, with that are made uh, with, with a lot of garlic. So having that be kind of a jump off point. So tell us a little bit about this online event that's coming up. And are you tying some of these past events into what you're going to be doing with the online event? Yeah. So I think it's kind of important to mention that the project is funded by Nevada Department of Agriculture and it's through their specialty crop block program. And so, uh, yeah, it was important for us to make sure that the funds were, you know, kind of attributed to the right people and being able to support the garlic growers. Right. Um, And I'd like to include that the mission of the festival is to support local farmers to grow garlic community and then to inspire others to grow their own garlic. And for the past few years, we had done a really good job at those first two. You know, we, we were doing a good job of building community. It was like one of the best days of the summer. It was so beautiful. Tons of kids, tons of family, really great music, uh, delicious garlic, obviously delicious food that is. Uh, yeah. And then the, you know, like I mentioned, the garlic farmers were financially benefited too, and that felt good, you know, for them, but we hadn't really gotten to the place where we were able to concretize how we were going to inspire others to grow garlic. We, we, we weren't quite there yet. So when COVID did happen, we were like, oh, we have this part of the mission that we just hadn't really gotten to yet because the festival was kind of growing in its own organic form and, and growing in attendance, etc. And so we thought, oh, why don't, you know, we should focus on that. That could be our thing. And there's all this digital content and courses and people are kind of, you know, completely, you know, acclimated to the idea of learning online. So we could do this COVID friendly, uh, you know, how to teach people how to grow their own garlic. And I have this dream that next year at the festival, hopefully if we can have it, that like a hundred people will come and have their own like their the garlic that they grew through this course and we can do like garlic tasting competitions or smelling competitions or garlic stories or whatever you know and so that that once again is reinforcing that you know growing the garlic community kind of thing so so yeah the did I answer your question yeah and I think just to kind of start out I think maybe not everyone knows that garlic grows really well here can you tell us a little bit about that yes absolutely that's a really really good point um Nevada is actually the largest grower for seed garlic 
garlic in the country. And we garlic, it's a very hardy crop. It overwinters. It doesn't need a ton of water. It's actually a pest repellent. And yeah, it loves the climate um, here in northern Nevada. So if people are interested in, in growing their own food or, you know, curious about it and they want a, a good first successful crop, garlic is absolutely one of the best things to start because uh, the, there's a higher level of success. And it's such a, a varied crop. Um, one of the things that we noticed at the festival where there's so many different types of people and everybody like uh, loved, like they're very, very passionate about garlic and their recipes and re recipes from all over the world. You know, I don't know of that many other food staples that are used in so, in like such a wide breadth of cultures around the world. Actually, I think it's it's kind of interesting to note that garlic is a natural antiviral and it's, you know, can be quite healing in itself. So one of the vendors at uh, Garlic Fest, her name is Ruby and her business is Slow Jams. And she does, she did garlic, like coconut oil, like garlic infused oil. And so my daughter, she's two. And she, when she had a cough and like a little bit of a flu this past winter, I put the garlic, that garlic oil, that garlic lotion on her feet. And it, and I, it was one of the things, it didn't smell great. I gotta be honest, <laughs> but um, it was one of the things that I felt was like really safe for her, you know, and she wasn't going to eat a bunch of garlic. Right. You know? So I felt like it was a really uh, great healing modality. <laughs> nice. So, so this is going to be an online course. So is it going to be like all in one week or how's that going to work? Yeah. Well, we've coined the course a year in garlic and, and we were hoping that wasn't overwhelming. It kind of sounded very soulful to us and we wanted it to be where we literally take people's hand throughout the year every you know once or twice a month we'll have like zoom so there'll be like digital videos of farmers we're going to work a lot with katie from be the change project and as well as erston witten but um, he's the garlic guru of reno so yeah but point being that we're working with all these different local experts and local garlic farmers who are very passionate about growing garlic and we're going to go to them each month and we'll have timely and topical little tidbits about how people things that they can do in their own backyards and stuff so it'll take throughout the year we're going to start kick it off in october I and mean, we have all these themes for the month so like october's make your bed like your mama said <laughs> and then november is uh popping and you pop the garlic so you have to plant it individually um and then planting so throughout the year each month has a has a theme and has a little bit of content and then a, a video of a local farmer or a local food advocate describing what to do to your own garlic that month and it's a pretty forgiving crop that's also probably why it grows well is because you could plant it right now or you could plant it in the middle of november and you know there's not going to be a ton of difference which is really great for like the average busy person you know so yeah that's kind of how the course will go and you know over the winter you don't have to do much but there's a few things that the local farmers will highlight and then in march is when you start to you turn the water back on and you feed the garlic and yeah so we, like i said we'll, they'll just be little tidbits that we'll be sharing each month and it's on a, a new network that i've discovered called mighty network so it's a little bit like facebook but it's very community focused and the point of it that i wanted to kind of explore was that you know we're not the sage on the stage it's not going to be like somebody telling you the, the way to grow garlic or else you know it's all about learning from each other and having it be very much a community-led endeavor so that's how i feel like we can all learn something from each other and and, and just to, you know share the joy of, of learning and growing growing together so yeah that mighty network is going to host the course and it's okay so where will people find this? Do you want to give us like an email or a site? Yeah, so literally you can just Google Mighty Network and um, there's an app and you can also use it on the website. And then you just have to Google a year in garlic and it'll come up within that Mighty Network site.
Nice, nice. Um, so I guess at one of the advantages of having this be Zoom is that people can ask questions. So if they feel like something's going wrong, they can say, hey, is this right? Is this wrong? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's going to be all like, that's what we hope happens. We hope people are engaging and interacting on the website so that we have a platform to be able to sh share resources and share answers. And I, we definitely want people to get in touch and let us know what's going on in theirs and take pictures and all that good stuff. Well, do you have any special promotions? or anything that are going along with this event to kick it off or the first 10 people that register for the course yep. get to have a farmer come out to their house and actually plant garlic in their yard and they get was it two more visits throughout the year yeah two or three we'll kind of see what feels good yeah so that's for the first 10 people that register and then we have five garlic braids to give out to people that share this course to a friend that look for us on facebook and instagram because we'll be announcing the winners in those places and then also we have for 30 people that register for the course we have about a pound and a half of garlic and compost to give to them um, to start their own garlic in their yard. So that's that'll all be, I guess, announced throughout October on Instagram and Facebook to get people joined in on the course, ready to plant garlic. Excellent. Nice. All right. Well, it sounds very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And um, so anything else you want to add about the event or something that we should know? So yes, yeah, so I think the most important part that I'd like to um, impart with in people is that it is on a, a networking site, a, a community-based networking site that's called Mighty Network. I have one other quick question for you. So to start growing garlic, um, do you have a suggestion on where people are going to buy their seed garlic? a certain place yeah that's yeah that's a really wonderful question I, I actually think that they should get in touch with us because as part of Reno Food Systems we were awarded this a really beautiful grant through the CARES project where we are able to be purchasing produce from local farmers around the community and then delivering it directly to food banks and so I'm in touch with literally a dozen farmers right now and and sourcing all of their produce that isn't going to market or that doesn't have a direct point to market and so I have about three or four farmers local farmers that have garlic right now and so I can I've already connected three or four people for that garlic seed but I think that they should try to go through us first because we can we can get you that local that kind of already acclimated stuff that's that's the best thing to, to start with first well, and also the first 40 people that register for the course we have free garlic for mm. them so yeah, good point. first come first come get it and then after that we definitely can point you in the right direction or source it for you you, you can also, any garlic you can buy at the grocery store, right? So if it feels like too much of a barrier and you're not, you, you really like social distancing and you don't want to connect with us, you can go to the grocery store and you can get garlic and all you have to do is separate it. And through the, the grocery store numbers, right, the, the PLU, if you get the one with a nine, that means that it's organic. And if you get a garlic that has the kind of roots intact, that's, that means it's not from China. That's one of the ways that you can tell. And so you're buying like more of an American crop. That's like a little bit of a pro tip if you want to try to purchase your garlic as, as close to us as possible. And you do want it to be organic because if it is coming through the borders, it will radiate it so it won't sprout as efficiently or might not produce the plant that you're looking for. So organic is key. I think Katie Chandler from Be The Change quoted this, but isn't it like something crazy, like 80% of garlic comes from China? Mm -hmm. So there's a huge um, opportunity since it does grow so effectively here in town for people to, you know, grow their own and have a little bit of increased food sovereignty, you know, through growing their, growing their own garlic as opposed to purchasing it from super far away. Food sovereignty and just joy, like the simple yeah. pleasures of being outside and connected to the soil and food and yeah, so. 
Excellent. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You too. Thank you, Jenny. And to wrap up our episode, we're going to go through some local in-person and virtual events. First one is October 24th and 25th, which is a Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Truckee Meadows Park Foundation will be hosting their fall plantimonium event at the proposed nature study area in the Rosewood Wetland. They're planning on planting 600 native plants in the wetland over the course of two days. You can get more information about about that at their website tmparksfoundation.org. They will be posting that information in the next few days. The next one is Economic Recovery, the Nevada Climate Initiative under Governor Sisolak is hosting a series of virtual listening sessions providing all Nevadans with opportunities to weigh in on a variety of topics that will help shape the future of climate action in Nevada. There are two more coming up in that series of events. One is Green Building and that is on October 1st, 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. And the second is Virtual Listening on Climate Action in Nevada, and that is October 6th, 2.30 p.m. to 4 p.m. We also have two more Nature Conservancy fall webinars. One is October 21st, Protecting Headwaters Forests of the Truckee River, and the second is Birds of the Mojave Desert, November 18th. If you have any events or information that you would like to share with this show, then you can share Share that with info at gogreenlocally.org, or you can call 929-GO-GREEN, and either one, we will get back to you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast. Please take good care of you and yours. Stay well, and help us all make this a kinder, healthier, and greener community for all. 